What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, fellow contributor, Akshaz Dividula. Akshaz, how's it going, man? Doing pretty good. Um, you know, no football on Sunday that the Niners are playing, so I got a chance to catch a couple games, including sitting down, having... Having bet essentially the Cowboys to win by 27 points <laughs> and watching them just play the most hilarious of games against the Cardinals. And I've never been more happy to lose a bet in my life. I was I was overjoyed <laughs> with what I was seeing. You felt a little gross inside when you when you uh when you put money on the Cowboys to win. Absolutely, yeah, but, but also I mean so I started off this whole thing by betting on the Seahawks against the Lions. So I think I realized if I get like too emotional about anything, then it's right. just like Niners will win every game, and I can't mm-hmm. I can't be doing that. So yeah, yeah, um, that's that's reasonable. I think. Um, so this is why I don't, and, and I think we talked about this. This is why I don't put money on on sports because I would I would only be able. This is also why I'm pretty bad at like fantasy football and stuff like that because I I, I have like very hard and fast rules about like oh I won't put so and so or such and such players on my team, which can be to my detriment sometimes um, because I think about it too much and I feel it too much. You know what I mean? It's just like. Mm-hmm. Everybody else doesn't care. They're just like, yeah, well, let's put these guys on here. We're scoring points. And I'm just like, yeah, but he's a Seahawk, so I can't put him on my team. The, those kinds of rules, you know what I mean? So it's uh, that's maybe not the maybe not the best thing. But um, so uh, we we didn't get to do a, a recap pod after Thursday night um, for various reasons. I was out of town. We had a little bit of a miscommunication and and that sort of thing but it's it's fine um we're gonna talk very briefly about the the 49ers thursday night win um 30 to 12 over the uh i was gonna call them the san francisco giants let's be the wrong sport uh the new york giants it was a thursday night football it was the 49ers home opener the Niners have now scored exactly 30 points in all three games to start the season which is just kind of a funny thing um if you think about it uh pretty good game i think across the the board it 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 got started a little slowly but um you could see the sort of mechanisms of things coming together and obviously 49ers ended up scoring 30 points so it 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 didn't turn out too terribly badly but 
was a much closer game, I think, earlier on than I anticipated. They were only up 17 to 6 at halftime. Um, you know, two touchdowns, one from Ronnie Bell from Brock Purdy for uh, the rookie's first NFL touchdown, and then Christian, Christian McCaffrey, uh, four yard rush. And then, you know, a couple of, couple of more field goals from Jake Moody and a late uh, Debo Samuel touchdown puts it up to 30 points. But hey, you know, that's it's still it's still all good. Um, pretty, you know, pretty decent game from from Purdy, 25 of 37, 310, uh, two touchdowns. Um, did, was just sacked twice for uh, 10 yards, uh, 18 carries for 85 yards for Christian McCaffrey and another touchdown. I believe that's what. 12, 13 games in a row that he's now scored a touchdown, which is pretty incredible. Um, Elijah Mitchell finally saw the field, 11 carries, 42 yards. Um, big day big day for Devo Samuel, six catches, 129 yards. George Kittle finally getting a chance to to show out a little bit, nine catches, or seven catches, sorry, for 90 yards. Um, so I think just a, a pretty good showing. The defense continues to hold uh, fast. Nick Bosa got his first sack of the season, um, which is always good to see. And then an interception. Uh, from Talanoa Hufunga, um, so uh, we're we're because we're 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 doing a multiple layered episode as we did last time. We're not going to go through all those sort of things we like, things we didn't like. But actually, just any general responses or thoughts that you had about the 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 win over the Giants. Yeah. So as always, I feel like I say this every week. A bit of promotion. I do weekly grades for the Niners games. So if you want some in-depth kind of thoughts on how the games went, you can always check that out on Niner Noise. But I think generally it was a weird game and the Niners are weird in a weird place right now because like they like dominated the Giants. If you look at it at the end of the day, the Giants basically had to blitz every defensive possession and like throw the ball two yards down the field every offensive possession. And that was their entire game plan was we're literally going to completely shut ourselves down in order to try to beat this team because we can't actually beat this team. And if you keep it in light of that, I thought they played really well. I liked, I think Purdy's play didn't look very good. And in the beginning, he was certainly uncomfortable with the pressure, but he really handled it. And I think the biggest thing is that Shanahan never seemed to completely like have to revert his offensive game plan and do something that, just limited the offense, which is the number one thing you want from a quarterback facing pressure. I think the defense was dominant against a team. It had to be dominant against. I mean, the Giants without Barkley or Andrew Thomas are just, there's not enough talent there to really threaten the 49ers. And with the exception of like a couple of drives where, you know, short fields, kind of weird rhythms, not getting into the game yet, the Giants really didn't have a chance. The only thing that I was a little miffed about is the red zone offense. I think I read somewhere that the Niners are 20th and converting red zone trips to touchdowns in the NFL, which, you know, it's with these smaller things that against a team like the Giants for the Niners that simultaneously make me like concerned, but also super excited because if you think about it, they were abysmal in the red zone against the Giants. They haven't been very good this year, yet they still hung 30 on an NFL team on a short week <laughs> right. and walked away with a double-digit victory. And it's just like, you know, not to give like explicit comparisons, but if you look like a team like the Dolphins, the Dolphins seem to do nothing wrong, right? Like <laughs> you can see, you see how they're playing. 
And you're like, wow, like that offense is doing everything right. I don't even like, how can they get better? I don't think it's possible. Then you look at the Niners and you're like, or even the Eagles, a good example of this as well. You're like, wow, they kind of suck right now, right? Like part of you thinks <laughs> they could be so much better than what they're doing. This is like kind of weird and ugly and it's not looking too good. And you look up and they're three and no, and some of the margins, especially for the Niners have been so dominant. It really tells you that like they have like an extra gear they can find. And I don't know how they'll find it. I don't know like what like buttons need to be pressed, but the Niners typically find a way to play their best brand of football. And I don't think we've seen that yet, which makes this year more exciting than say 2019 where it felt like that team was like peaking at the very beginning. And that was like an insane run. Or even the last couple of years where it felt like, you know, they weren't playing very well, but they were losing games because of it. Right. Yeah, I think um, that if if you look at the sort of conversations the players were having, I think on both sides of the ball after the game, they were they were all, that was kind of the conversation was we're we're three and zero and that's good, but we're I mean the offense seems to think they're leaving points on the table. I think there's definitely a case to be made there. The defense <laughs> seems to think that they that there are situations like you think about the 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 touchdown that the Steelers scored or you think about some of the points that the the Giants put up and you think about some of the points the Rams put up where you could look at that and you go okay if you if things were just a little bit tighter maybe these games are are even like I mean there's a pretty good case to be made that the Steelers get shut out if it, you know say for that one if if you know they tighten up on that one drive at the end of the first half um so it's interesting to see how that'll how that'll come around. Um, yeah, the red zone thing I think is partially problematic, but you also have to think they're scoring a lot from just on the edges of the of the of the red zone too. So some of that is you need to be more consistent when you're there. But the other part is, are we are we nitpicking a little too much when we're talking about a team that's scored thir- scoring thirty points a game? Um, and if they continue to do that, they'll probably put themselves in a position to win um, on a pretty regular basis. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. It's it's nice to be in a place where th- there still seems to be room to grow, and that means that they can continue to improve as the season goes along. Whereas a team like the Dolphins, who it's you know hard to nitpick a, a team that scored 70 points <laughs> last week, but at the same time, as you say. There's only there's only one place to go from there, and that's down. Like they 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 can't possibly put up any more points in a game. So it'll be interesting to see how that that kind of works throughout the rest of the season from a Ford Niners perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's just especially when we start talking about the back half of the season and some of the teams are a little more challenging. Obviously, you know, not to look ahead of the Cardinals, but Week Five against the Cowboys was supposed to be one of those big tests. And I said it still is, even though the Cowboys lost to possibly the worst team in the NFL, or at least the second worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's, um, there's like, there's just like, you have this sense that they can do so many things wrong and still win. And that just makes you wonder if they can actually like play an A game they might be like unstoppable. And that's when you start thinking about like legitimately thinking about like how realistic a Super Bowl could be is that 
when they're a hundred percent, they're unbeatable, and when they're not a hundred percent, they still like win almost all the time. That that seems like a good place to be, <laughs> if you mm-hmm. ask me. Um, all right. Uh, well, speaking of the Cardinals, let's let's uh, let's transfer on over, move on over to the the uh, the, the game that's coming up this weekend. 49ers, uh opened up a pretty lengthy homestand. Um, I know we don't, they don't technically have home stands in football, but that's a you know a baseball term that we use. Um, oh, they started with the, the game of Thursday night. They play the Cardinals again at Levi Stadium, and then I believe the the um, Cowboys game is the third home game in a row for week number five. And then they have a couple, of, and then they travel to um, I think Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. I don't recall. Um, it's too far off head ahead in the distance. But Cardinals are coming to to town, coming off that win that you alluded to against the uh dallas cowboys um it was it's kind of a weird game right they only i mean they won 28 16 but if you look at the the overall numbers the cardinals offense put up 400 yards of total offense but the cowboys managed 416 yards of total offense their big problem as uh you alluded to with the 49ers was related to the the red zone it wasn't that the that the uh, the Cowboys weren't able to put up yardage. It's just they got inside, you know, close to the goal line and they stalled out. Hence, why they only scored 16 points in that game. So um, it it'll be something to watch uh, for sure, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get deeper into it. Um, but a couple of sort of news and notes, things to pay attention to heading into this game. Uh, the first thing to note is uh, Christian McCaffrey was uh, named the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Uh, for the first month of the season. Um, well, the first three weeks of the season was also the first month, but there you go. Um, kind of no, no surprise there as, as the, as a, as big as a impact as he, ha- as he has had on this team. Um, so uh, what did I, what did I read somewhere today? Um, so Christian McCaffrey has spent three full months with the 49ers, um, three months as a, you know, in, in the season. And he has two NFC offensive player, player of the month awards so far. So that's pretty good. I'd say. You know, people, I think, hand the trade for being a question of why did you get a running back? But no one denied the fact that if Christian McCaffrey was healthy, he would be unstoppable with the 49ers. I think I've never seen a player more perfectly fit what a coach wants to do than McCaffrey does for Kyle Shanahan. And it's crazy that you can reasonably say that he completely unlocks this offense, but he does. He he makes something out of nothing. He's probably the second best receiver on the team. He's definitely the best runner. You know, he's probably the fourth best blocker too. He's that good at football. <laughs> so he's um he's a godsend for sure. He's exactly the type of elite talent that takes teams that are kind of good, could be great, into like absolutely bona fide elite. Absolutely. Um, so ready for a little head spinning, uh, transaction time. Uh, cause the 49ers had a little fun with their practice squad <laughs> in the, in the time between, um, Thursday or the end of, of the game, uh, the, the end of Thursday night's game. So Friday, um, and up until the last couple of days. So bear with me. This is just kind of a fun, like little, the practice squad is a weird thing. Let's just say that. So on Friday after the game, they re-signed uh, cornerback Anthony Brown, who they had re- previously released, um, and waived Trace Swilling, who they had brought onto the practice squad and elevated to the active roster for Thursday night's game. And now he's gone. So there you go. Um, <laughs> then on Tuesday, 
the Jackins. So that was Friday after the game on Tuesday. Um, just a couple of days ago, they re-signed uh, running back Jeremy McNichols to the practice squad, and they released tight end Troy Fumagalli, who's also kind of like their their secondary um, kind of third tight end, fourth tight end, whatever, um, but also potentially a fullback kind of guy. And then yesterday, that's Wednesday for those of you keeping track at home, they then released McNichols again, and they brought safety Trey Norwood, cornerback Kendall Sheffield, and tight end Jake Tongs to the practice squad. So poor Jeremy McNichols has been uh, just thrown around back and forth. Um, I'm not really sure why they brought him back in the first place unless they thought there was something going on with their running back depth. I don't know. Um, no major moves, obviously, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Like they had all these practice squad transactions kind of one after the other. It's probably just related to like having practice depth on a short week and then they added more bodies. I don't know. I don't know if you make anything of that. I just thought that was very funny. Yeah. So I read somewhere that the Anthony Brown move was just the fact that they were like, he's not going to be ready for Thursday and we need like a body for Thursday. So. Come back, give us a day, and then see you later. Other than that, I have no idea what's going on with like <laughs> this week's moves. That's like that seems like them being like, oh, we can sign a bunch of people, neat, and just like cycling yeah. through. I feel like it's almost like a weird extended tryout thing where you get them in the building for a day, you kind of get to see what they're at, and then you yeah. know maybe. Ty Davis prices has some smaller thing that we're not really aware of. And like, this is just the move to see where Nichols is at right now in case they actually want to make a move later. Guess I need him later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, injury stuff. Um, 49ers have managed to stay mostly healthy, which has been good other than Samuel Womack, who's on the injury reserve. That's not bueno, but they've managed to get to, to work through things for the most part. Um, on Wednesday's practice, Dre Greenlaw, Juwan Jennings, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams were missing. Uh, Trent Williams was uh, just a veteran rest day. The rest of them were dealing with some injuries. Um, Greenlaw, I believe, is an ankle. Jennings, I think, was a shin injury. And Debo's just kind of all kinds of banged up. Um, I think mostly related to that that kind of knock that he took later in the game where he sort of fell on the football um, so it's a rib injury. I think there's also conversations about knees. So there's a lot going on with, with, uh, with Debo. Um, Greenlaw was back in limited, um, practice today, as was Trent Williams, who was back in full, uh, Brandon, I have good news and Ambry Thomas, both of whom missed the game on Thursday night have been limited in practice so far this week, but they seem to be working towards playing on Sunday, which is good news. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is also back, but he's in a limited fa- uh, fashion so far. Interesting to see how he factors in because he made the team, but he hasn't actually been a part of the team yet, which is kind of interesting. Um, we'll see how that shakes up the la- the linebacker room when it's all said and done. We haven't seen any of the either any from any play from either of the rookies that they kept on the team. Um, so uh, I can't imagine that they do anything with that, but I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, I believe uh, Juwan Jennings and Devo Samuel are both officially questionable for Sunday. Um Obviously, the 49ers showed that they don't need both of their top-notch wide receivers uh, in the game, but missing two of them uh, in one in one uh, matchup, even if it is against a, a Cardinals team that that is, you know, probably not the best. I don't think that sounds good, but I'm also like it's Week Four, uh, so that's kind of where I'm sitting. Then on that, I don't I don't know 
do do you think you you push it? I guess it just kind of depends on where each one is at this point. Yeah, I agree. I think with Debo, it's really hard because she's not a player who like, okay. So none of the 49ers are players who necessarily can protect themselves, right? Like that's kind of the MO is that they're very aggressive and that's why they're so valuable to this team. But Debo in particular, like, Part of his value comes in large part because he's able to create like bruising contact and run through tackles. And I think that's the type of player who can get these like nicks and bruises. And you don't really want him to be really hurting. Obviously, I think like there's a tendency to view these like big games against other really good teams as huge like momentous things for a team but if we're being realistic the cardinals game is more important than the cowboys game so i don't think it's a question of you protect him that way he's ready to go week five i think you protect him because you're playing kind of the long long game here of making sure that like all of your players can make it to the playoffs healthy juan jennings i think it's kind of the same deal but i feel like Shins are also a different type of injury, so mm-hmm. I think sure. it's a question of how much it affects him. But yeah, what's interesting is that, like, I think Ayuk is the best receiver on the roster. I think he, like, receiving-wise, he's the best. But in a weird way, I think Debo is harder to replace on this team. So it's an interesting yeah. situation. When Ayuk was out, you put in, um, I think they played Ray Ray and they played Ronnie Bell, and I think Ronnie Bell did great as, like, filling in for Ayuk at that touchdown grab. But you don't have Debo, and then it becomes a, well, like we just lost a chunk of plays. What are we gonna, really going to do here? So it's an interesting situation. Yeah. That, that That's true. Um, and rib injuries are, are probably even more finicky because there's not really anything you can do about them, right? You just kind of wrap it up a little bit and see how much pain you can work through. So I think that's probably what it's going to come down to is how much pain can he handle and what's the threshold and um, I don't know I, we'll we'll see because we thought we, we we felt pretty good about Ayuk and Ambry Thomas playing last week that was obviously on a short week um, and then they both were out so we'll see how that goes when it comes to uh, Sunday afternoon uh, from a Cardinals perspective um, linebacker Chris Barnes has been practiced uh, or practiced limp was limited in practice on Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday. He's got a finger injury. Defensive end Jonathan Ledbetter has yet to practice this week. He's also got a finger injury. Uh, Same with linebacker Josh Woods. He's got an ankle injury that has kept him out of practice so far this week. Um, Running back James Conner has a little back thing, but he was in full practice on Thursday. Uh, Offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham has a hand injury, but he seems to be good to go, as is linebacker Zayvon Collins. He had an eye injury which just doesn't seem good. Um, uh, wide receiver Marquise Brown uh, was added to the injury report today. Uh, he was limited with a thumb injury, and running back Keontae Ingram also limited with a neck injury. Um, I, I, I don't know. nothing. Obviously, Marquise Brown is the sort of standout name there, um, but uh, and, and James, them having James Conner obviously makes a pretty big difference because um, he's a pretty folk, major focal point in their offense. But uh, nothing really stands out to me in terms of like, oh, well, now we got him kind of thing <laughs> as far as as far as I'm aware. I'd say the biggest we got him 
was when Buda Baker was put on IR a couple of weeks ago. But Zayvon Collins being out would be, um, I don't want to say huge because, I mean, obviously we'll talk more about why, if we think the 49ers will win and like why we think that, because I think we both obviously think they'll win. But um, I think he adds an element to their pass rush that would be different if he wasn't there. It would just, like, make things easier, I think, especially with Colton McKibbitts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right. So let, let's go ahead and, and, and go right into it then. Um, we'll, we'll start as we always do when we talk about our reasons for optimism and our reasons for concern. And Akshaz, I'll swing it over to you for your reasons for optimism. Okay. I promise this is the last week I'll say this because next week <laughs> against the Cowboys, I can't say this, but that's fair. I mean, <laughs> like they're, they're just better. Like, and it's not even a, oh, they're, like, kind of better, so there are a couple key spots. No, I genuinely think the 49ers are better at every position group than the Cardinals. And this is not to knock on the Cardinals. We're essentially entering what is going to be a lengthy rebuild as they try to, like, build themselves back up after kind of peaking, I think we could say, with the Kyler Murray kind of setup. And now they're going to have to make some tough organizational decisions in the future. But the Cardinals, like, they played – their defense was not great against the Cowboys, but it was situationally great. And that worked in part because their offense was able to kind of gash the Cowboys' defense. But where the Cowboys – first of all, we can partially wonder whether or not the Cowboys were reeling a little bit after losing Trevon Diggs for the year with the torn ACL. We're not 100% sure about that. But the 49ers have faced teams – that have like used game plans to attack them and try to minimize how they can be like put in rough positions. The Giants had that game plan. The Rams had a similar game plan. So it's not so the Cardinals, in order to win, are gonna have to do a very similar like offensive game plan, which is just a lot of quick passes, get the ball out quick, don't let the passers get home. And they succeeded a lot against the Cowboys because they absolutely gashed the Cowboys' defensive line, like dominated it on the run. Spread out four receiver, one running back sets or 11 formation, which is one tight end, one running back. Just spread the defense out, then ran right up the middle. And that works really well against most teams in the NFL. They'll probably be able to break a couple runs against the 49ers too. But the difference is... Where the Cowboys have Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, who are absolutely fantastic players on the edge. The 49ers have Bosa on the edge to kind of do what Parsons does. They're a little different in terms of how they play. But they also have Kinlaw, who's playing amazing, Hargrave, Armstead. And then most importantly, on the second level, they have Fred Warner. And if Dre Greenlaw plays, that's another huge addition. But 
you can spread most defenses out because you are essentially saying, we think we can beat your linebackers. But the 49ers are the one team in the NFL where that's the wrong bet to make. So I think they can neutralize <laughs> a lot of what the Cardinals did really effectively against the Cowboys. And I think if you take that out of the way and the Niners offense is able, even if it doesn't have like great red zone success, if we assume for one second that, you know, Shanahan is unable to kind of get plays working inside the 20, it doesn't change the fact that I can't see the Cardinals putting up 400 yards of offense. So right. everything they did, like we say all the time, there's only one way, like, like the Giants could have won last week, right? This has to happen. That was the same thing for the Cardinals, and all that went right. But that isn't going to lead to the same result against the 49ers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you for the most part. Um, I I think it may turn out that, that the Cardinals are not like the bottom of the league team that we sort of anticipated that they would be. I think they seem to have a little bit more... I don't know, a little more fight, a little more gumption to them, right? Than some of the other teams, like, you know, the one in Chicago currently, um, supposedly, uh, <laughs> allegedly the team that's playing football in Chicago this season. Um, like, I think there's a pretty good chance the Bears are the worst team in, in football. And there might be like one or two other teams that are are going to just be worse than the Cardinals. Um, and now it may be that the Cardinals can put up all the fight they want and they may only win two or three games uh this season but um they, they just they're just kind of like they've so far been sort of middle of the road and 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 they've they're they're probably a lot of their numbers are being really bulked up by the fact that they had a, a massive output offensively um both um against the giants in week two a game they eventually lost despite jumping out to a big lead and against the cowboys last week but Against the Commanders in Week One, they were pretty about the team that you sort of expected them to be. They only had 210 yards of total offense, um, including 114 passing yards, um, and they gave up 248 yards to the Commanders. Um, their defense has been pretty, pretty bad, pretty porous, pretty much throughout the the season so far. That 248 is the lowest number that they've allowed so far. They gave up 439 yards um, and 31 points to the Giants in Week Two and 416 yards against the Cowboys, as I alluded to already, and only managed to to just to win the game because of that situational defense that you pointed out. Um, it, it just There's just not a thing that you look at it and go, that's definitely the thing that they're going to be able to do well. Because um, like you said about the Giants last week, they tried to do the thing that the Rams did that, kept the, that, the, that allowed the Rams to stay in that game in week two, but they just don't have the, the they didn't have the, the manpower, the the talent to get it done. I think that's a very similar situation that we're going to see um, with the uh, <laughs> with the 49ers this weekend. And um, as you alluded to as well, their run defense has been just absolutely horrid so far this year. Uh, they gave up 93 rushing yards to the Commanders in Week One, 127 uh, to Saquon Barkley and the Giants in Week Two, and the and then 185 yards. Uh, on the ground against the uh, Cowboys so far. Their rushing yards allowed is good for 26th so far in the league. Um, not great, um, I have to say. So yeah, that's, that's my reason for optimism. Yeah. They, I mean, they're, um, 
they they're doing what we like if you think about what the 49ers did under Shanahan in the very like beginning part of his tenure when the team was really 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 awful they i mean it's the same kind of thing they're playing hard they play teams close they kind of make plays in the right moments but like they just can't win most of their games because they're not good enough to win most of their games I mean that win against the Cowboys is one of the biggest upsets in the NFL in recent history and it looked ugly the entire way through and it took basically the Cowboys having like the most inept everything in order for it to happen so I mean kind of maybe segueing to a reason for concern I actually don't yeah, go right think into. there's anything to con- be concerned about <laughs> from the cow- from the Cardinals' perspective. This is not to say that they can't like like because like I can say what if Marquise Brown gets deep like seven times and has 300 yards, right? Like obviously that's something to be concerned about. That would be bad. But I think <laughs> I think if you think about this in like the very like systematic systemic kind of team what do they have that matches up well they there's really not much i mean joshua dobbs played has been playing quite like decently compared to how he usually plays so far in his career but (laughs) he's not like mobile enough to concern the niners about like their historically porous read option like zone read defense their offensive line is not strong enough to attack the run quite well. Their defensive line doesn't really have enough pass rush. Their secondary without Buda Baker doesn't match up that well. The real concern is just that like the 49ers completely like forget how to play football. And I, that's hyperbolic, obviously. But I think the concern is that despite it being a divisional game, it kind of overlooked the Cardinals a little bit. Maybe Brock Purdy has his first real dud as a professional QB. The defense is a little complacent. You allow a couple big plays to happen. You kick a couple field goals when you should have gotten touchdowns. And before you know it, you're down like four points instead of up by like 14. That's how right. I think. And I think it's weird to say like you can really only beat yourself in an NFL game when like everyone is really is really really good in the NFL but i mean the cowboys were 12 and a half point favorites and the 49ers are higher than that and this is after the cardinals beat the cowboys so i think and that seems completely reasonable to me in a way so yeah you know they're just there's just like i you can't really see this game going in the direction of the Cardinals unless the 49ers have something go terribly wrong in which case yeah all bets are off but I don't think the concern becomes like how the Cardinals play it's more what went wrong and like how bad is it long term yeah I think I think that's fair um I I I had like kind of more intangible type things where you know like because you and I have been have been joking over the last couple of weeks, mostly off 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 the uh, the microphone, off the air kind of thing. We're like, oh, we're gonna definitely lose one of these games to the Cardinals, like just as like just because it seems like that's the kind of thing that happens. Like often, even if the 49ers are good and the Cardinals are bad, the Cardinals come find a way to come in and 
and kind of spoil the party, it seems like. Now, that hasn't happened as frequently over the last couple of years. Obviously, the, the Niners ran the table in the division last year, so that worked out. Um, but and, and, and I think the, the things that are normally there for the Cardinals, especially since Kyler Murray has been there, um, are just not going to be there with Josh, Do- Josh Dobbs at quarterback. As you said, he's not he, he doesn't move. Uh, nearly as well as Murray does, and they just they just haven't really utilized him. They're last in the NFL in pass attempts so far, um, uh, with 82, which is just nuts. Um, and consequently, the Niners are actually only 26th in pass attempts, but that is a completely different. It, that just goes to show you like how a, the same stat can tell a completely different story. The reason that the 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 Giants or that the Cardinals are are last in pass attempts is because they don't probably trust their starting quarterback and the reason the Niners don't is have haven't thrown that many passes because game situation is not dictated that they needed to right um so it's very interesting that kind of situation um you know I think that the Cardinals defense is is okay but they can be gotten both uh, on both sides of the ball so it really just comes down to do they have that sort of nobody believes in us thing going on enough to where they're just like a couple of weird things happen and they and we find that the game is closer than than it probably has any business being late in the game, and they find a way to sort of sneak away with one. That would be the only that's it's really the only circumstance under which I could see as you as you were alluding to where this game could go south from a San Francisco 49ers perspective. I mean, so I think I completely agree. I think there's a I, you think about the game against the Falcons in 2019 that the Niners dropped, but the Falcons mm-hmm. had. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and like Grady Jarrett. So that's the thing is that the Cardinals don't even have like guys that you can point to and really say like, these guys can make a difference or like the mm-hmm. bears lost last year, but like that was a though like worse weather you can play a week one game. And I bet like no one really was like the Browns Bengals game is indicative of both teams because the offenses couldn't do anything because it was raining insanely. So, you know, I don't think it's going to, like, torrentially downpour in Santa Clara <laughs> this weekend. And I don't think that um, who, who basically just out of his prime, Julio Jones is playing on the Cardinals. So, you know, it's really a question of do they, the 49ers, let their guard down? And it's possible, right? I mean, it's certainly possible. I think the Cowboys game is most certainly circled for everyone. That'll be a great atmosphere. That's going to be a, like a wild environment. So you can absolutely see them potentially kind of take this one off. I think we you mentioned against the Rams that Maybe they're like taking the Rams a little less seriously, even though they're saying they won't, but like they have such ownage over the Rams and the 49ers always say the right things before and after games. But I think it's hard to have a look at that Rams game and not think that top down, there's a type of complacency about the fact that they thought the pass rush would just be able to get there. And they thought like the offense would be able to score. No problem. So as long as they don't fall into that and they attack quickly, I think they'll be able to. I think we might actually be able to hopefully see some Sam Darnold snaps this game, and that would be a good. Oh. Thing. Not, yeah, good, not, good, not bad. Good Sam not Darnold, bad yeah. Not like the world is falling apart. Um, just for the record, the uh, the forecast for Sunday in Santa Clara is um, uh, 
uh, a lovely uh, 76 degrees and sunny. So that'll be nice. I don't know. Maybe is that a little hot? I've, again, I've never been to a to a Niners game uh, during a, it ever really. Actually, that's not happening in my in the state that I that I am closest to now. But uh, I don't know. Is that one of those situations where the the one side might get really hot? I have no idea. <laughs> not that's one of those like people who've never been to a football game before get a little annoyed by the fact that the sun's on them. But that sounds actually just like perfect. That sounds like that does sound a, good. That sounds like a quite normal kind of Bay Area weather day. That's actually that might be the most perfect football weather. So definitely no downpours happening. I'm 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 down. I'm ready for it. Um. All right. Well, Agshaz, uh, let's um let's do some predictions. This has been a weird, sticky situation. Um. I think I think we were pretty good last week. Um. For the most part, I don't remember what I, I think I said, like 30. I think we were right, both kind of in that neighborhood. So we're we've gotten the win right <laughs> for all three weeks. Uh, the point spread situation has been rough up until uh, last week. I think we were pretty good, um, pretty close. But let's let's see. I think it's a 14 point spread is the last thing I saw uh, for the 49ers. So that's a lot. That's two whole touchdowns. Um, but they would have covered that um, in weeks one and three so far. So uh, what do you think? All right, so first, the disclaimer. Don't, like, bet off what we're saying. This is not, like, some heavily modeled-out prediction <laughs> that you can take to the bank. I don't want I don't want anyone to, you know. That's, that's true. Yeah. But, <laughs> we are not betting experts. We're just fans of a team. Exactly. Um, this is rough because I really don't want to, like, predict a three-touchdown victory, but I'm going to say – 42 to 10. I like, I think this is the game where the offense kind of gets over the let's kick a trillion field goals and starts, um, starts getting it into the end zone. I'll give 10 because, you know, I think the 49ers defense will always allow something to happen. It'll be very frustrating, but then they'll kind of brighten it. And as much as I don't, I don't really want to say that. The Niners will dominate to this extent. I think at the same time, like, I mean, absent a miracle for the second week in a row, I just, I just don't see it happening. And I think it's the type of game that the Niners can really, really take advantage of. I really think the only way I'm wrong about this prediction is not that the Cardinals make it closer, but like they're up 17 points and run the ball for like the entire second half or something and just don't score anymore because they're just killing clock. And if I'm wrong about that, then that's really like, that's a kind of annoying way to go, but I'd much rather take that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, I was pretty close to you. I had one number and then I changed it kind of late later in the, in the game situation, but I'm going 38-10, so not quite as much as you, but I really do think this is a this is a as as weird as it is to say to call this a get right game for the 49ers offense, who is averaging 30 points a game um, this this season, which uh, is quite good by the way. Um, I just I just feel like they're they're due right they're 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 due to kind of break out and like really um, 
really just tack on some points. Um, and as nice as it's been, and we haven't, the, the good thing is we haven't said one word about Jake Moody so far this season, which is probably good news, right? Because that means he's yeah, doing I mean, exactly what he's expected to do. He's nine for nine. Right. He's nine for nine in, a, in his field goals. He said all his extra points. He's got a 57 yarder. Um, I think the only reason he would have come up is if he were like absolutely falling apart and not doing his job. Um, so it seems like whatever yips he had during the preseason, totally fine, which is great. Right. Um, and that's that's your Jake Moody content for this week. But, yeah, I agree. I think it's time. And I think this is a good opportunity for them to just start like pounding the ball into the end zone. Um, I would really like them to get into the 40s. I think that would be fantastic. But I could definitely but I'm pulling back a little bit just because of the same reason that you that you said, where it's just like a situation where they, they're just they're up 28 to three in, you know, in the entering the, the you know, middle of the third quarter kind of thing. And it's just like, all right. <laughs> what else? You know, they just started to start pulling it back. You know, they score a couple of a late, a late touchdown and I get another, and they get Moody in there for a field goal and, and the Cardinals score a garbage timer kind of thing. So that's kind of one looking at that. So, um, Akshaz, any final thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? Just that, you know, I think the 49ers are in a really weird spot right now because a four and no start, which is what they're looking at, assuming they take care of business against the Cowboys. It's a fantastic place to be. I think I would have had them at 3-1, and one, so it's a great place to be right now. They're really firing on all cylinders, but there's so much left, and it, that's just the exciting part of me. And I think, too, like, if you have to ask me, why am I going to, like, spend my Sunday watching the 49ers play a Cardinals team that they'll prob- they should probably have no trouble with, it's because... Like, you can see how this team is growing. And all throughout last year, all we talked about was just think about, like, the story of this team, how, like, remarkable it is. Well, last year's team was this remarkable kind of tale of how the quarterback situation shaked out. They stabilized. This is about a team that's, like, finding its way to become dominant while it's still being basically dominant. And maybe that means that nothing interesting happens until week 13, I want to say, against the Eagles mm-hmm. when yeah. you kind of get a real test going. But maybe that comes week five, but it means for right now, it's just there's so much fun happening with this team. It's like there's nothing to anything you want to feel bad about. You just put it aside and watch them hopefully like destroy the Cardinals. Yeah, for sure. Um, just for the record, after after this, they have um, the Cowboys at home, and then they have two away games, the Browns, which will be an interesting one to talk about, the Vikings on Monday. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, uh, then the Bengals uh, at home, Jaguars, Buccaneers, and then that uh, gauntlet that you referred to, Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, um, which will be fun to talk about when the time comes. But right now, we, we stay focused on, on this game, and I'm I, for one, am, am excited to see the hopefully the 49ers just uh, kind of cruise to victory. So, um, Akshaz, thanks again for your words. Um, it's always good to to have your final thoughts here on the Niner Noise podcast. But um, thanks, as always, for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. 
So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. 